بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم in the name of Allah the most beneficent the most merciful I testify that there is no true God worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad is Allah's true slave and messenger we continue the explanation on the uh, dua after the tashahud and in this dua uh, the uh, explanation of the first three parts seeking refuge in Allah from the punishment of the grave seeking refuge in Allah from the uh, punishment in hell seeking refuge in Allah from the afflictions and tribulations of this life and of death and the last part which needs to be explained now is the fitnat al-masih al-dajjal the tribulation and affliction of al-masih al-dajjal al-masih um, it comes from or derived from al-masih and al-masih literally literally al-masih means wiping this it is said that al-masih here comes from لأنه يمسح الأرض بسرعة سيره فيها that he sets forth journeying the lands like wiping and surveying the lands by his fast pace or because he was or he is ممسوح العين having one side of his face plain without an eye one eyed his eye will be like a floating grape he is a fitna al-masih al-dajjal the false christ is a fitna from the fitan of this life because those afflicted by his fitna are the ones who will be alive not the dead now if someone asks the question then if he is from the fitan of the of this life or from the fitan yes of this dunya for the living then why he is mentioned alone in this hadith why he was singled out and mentioned alone seeking refuge in him seeking refuge in Allah from him the answer because his fitna is the greatest fitna on the face of the earth since the creation of Adam until the day of the establishment of the hour the fitna of al-Masih al-Dajjal is the greatest fitna as the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam said and that's why no Prophet from Nuh alayhi salam and until Muhammad sallallahu alayhi except that and may Allah sallallahu be upon all of them except that he warned his nation from al-Masih al-Dajjal 
this is due to the great tribulation. Because otherwise we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that He will not come except at the end of time. But He commanded the messengers to warn their nations in order to make clear the gravity and the greatness of this tribulation. And it is authentically reported from the Prophet that he said, إِنْ يَخْرُجُ أَنَا فِيكُمْ فَأَنَا حَجِيجُهُ دُونَكُمْ If he comes forth while I am amongst you, I shall contend with him on your behalf. But if he comes forth while I am not amongst you, a man must contend on his own behalf. And Allah would take care of every Muslim on my behalf and safeguard him against his evil. As to why the term Ad-Dajjal, this is taken from Ad-Dajjal. This is taken from Ad-Dajjal, which means deception. Because he is the greatest in his deception and lying. Concerning Al-Masih al-Dajjal, his case will be discussed from several angles. First, his time. Al-Masih al-Dajjal is one from the, is one of the signs of the hour. His time of appearance is unknown to us. Because no one knows when the hour will be established except Allah. So his precise timing of appearance is not known to us. Second, his place of appearance. Al-Masih al-Dajjal would appear from the east. This is the direction of fitan and evil. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Al-fitnatu ha huna wa ashara ila al-mashriq. The fitna is from here and he pointed towards the east. In the hadith reported by al-Bukhari al-Muslim. The east is the origin of the tribulations and evils from the side of Khurasan passing by Asfahan in contemporary Iran coming to the Arabian Peninsula in a way between Syria and Iraq or on a way between Syria and Iraq His main target is Al-Madina. His main target and his main concern is Al-Madina. Because in it is the warner and the one with 
glad tidings, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he likes to, to destroy the Medina and its people. But it is forbidden for him. As it is affirmed from the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam, أنه على كل باب منها ملائكة يحفظونها On each of its gates there will be angels protecting it So he, will, he would appear from the side between Asham and Iraq and he will be, he will be followed by the Jews of Asfahan, 70,000 of them would follow him as his soldiers and they are from the most wicked of the creation of Allah they would follow him and support him and give him help them and others also as well and the Prophet sallallahu said Ya ibad Allah fathbutu O slaves of Allah hold firm because the matter is very very dangerous here the Prophet said man sami'a bid-dajjal whoever would hear of him, let him keep away from him. فَإِنَّ الرَّجُلَ يَأْتِيهِ وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ Because the person would come to him as a believer. فَلَا يَزَلْ بِهِ And then he will not leave him until حَتَّى يَتَّبِعْهُ Until he follows him. لِمَا يَلْقَى مِنَ الشُّبُهَاتِ Because of the intense misconceptions and doubts that he will show him and present to him. Meaning that the person would come to him and say that he is not going to mislead me. I'm not going to be affected by him. But he will remain and will continue and be using all sorts of shubuhat to sway the believer so that he can follow him. Third angle is his call. His call. His da'wah. In his first appearance, he would call people to Islam. He would say that he is a Muslim and that he defends Islam. Then afterwards, he would claim prophethood. Then afterwards, he would claim divinity. This is his call. The end of his call is the beginning of that of Fir'aun is called meaning claiming lordship fourthly his fitan his afflictions and tribulations it is in accordance with Allah's wisdom that Allah the most high would give him signs that will be immense 
in their magnitude of fitan. He would come to the people and invite them, meaning to the wrong deen, and they would affirm their faith in him and respond to him. He would then give command to the sky, and there would be rainfall upon the earth, and it would grow crops. Then in the evening, their pasturing animals would come to them, and in the evening, their pasturing animals would come to them. So he would come to the people and invite them to the wrong deen, and they would affirm he would then come to the people and invite them to the deen, and they would affirm their faith in him and respond to him. He would then give command to the sky, and there would be rainfall upon the earth, and it would grow crops. Then in the evening, their pasturing animals would come to them, and their humps very high, and their udders full of milk, and their flanks stretched. He would then come to another people and invite them, but they would reject him, and he would go away from them, and there would be drought for them, and nothing would be left with them in the form of wealth. He would then walk through the wasteland and say to it, Bring forth your treasures. And the treasures would come out and collect themselves before him like the swarm of bees. I will repeat, he would then walk through the wasteland and say to it, bring forth your treasures, and the treasures would come out and collect themselves before him like the swarm of bees. He would then call a person brimming with youth and strike him with the sword and cut him into two pieces and make these pieces lie at a distance which is generally between the archer and his target. He would then call that man and he will come forward laughing with his face gleaming with happiness and it would, and it would at this very time that Allah will send, would send Isa alayhi salam, son of Mary, as we will discuss later. So this is from his fitan, this is from his fitan, and from his fitan also, is that Allah will keep with him, or will give him a paradise, and a hell. 
as it seems to the eyes. As it seems to the eyes. However, his paradise is hell. And his hell is paradise. Whoever who obeys him would enter into this quote, paradise as it is seen by people. But it is in fact a blazing fire. And those who disobey him will enter hell as it's seen by the people. However, it is paradise and fresh, sweet water. So the matter is very, very immense and great, which requires steadfastness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The person needs that. If the person is not given this steadfastness, he will be destroyed. And from his fitna is the story of this young man. As it is reported by Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, the Dajjal would come forth and a person from amongst the believers would go towards him and the armed men of the Dajjal would meet him and they would say to him where do you intend to go? he would say I intend to go to this one who is coming forth they would say to him don't you believe in our Lord? he would say there is nothing hidden about our Lord there is nothing hidden about our Lord. They would say, they would say, kill him. Then some amongst them would say, has your master, meaning the Dajjal, not forbidden you to kill anyone without his consent? And so they would take him to the Dajjal, and when the believer would see him, he would say, O oh people, he is the Dajjal about whom Allah's Messenger وسلم, has informed us. The Dajjal would then order for breaking his head and utter these words. Catch hold of him and break his head. He would be struck even on his back and on his stomach. Then the Dajjal would ask him, Don't you believe in me? He would say, you are the false Messiah, Messiah, Al-Masih al-Dajjal. He would then order him to be torn into pieces with a saw from the parting of his hair up to his legs. After that, the Dajjal would walk between the two pieces. He would then say to him, Stand, and he will stand erect. He would then say to him, 
don't you believe in me? And the person would say, it has only added to my insight concerning you, that you are really the Dajjal. He would then say, oh people, he would not behave with anyone amongst people in such a manner after me. The Dajjal would try to catch hold of him, so that he could or should kill him again. The space between his neck and collar bone would be turned into copper and would find no means to kill him. So he would catch hold of him by his hand and feet and throw him into the air. And the people would think as if he had been thrown in the hellfire, whereas he would be thrown in paradise. Thereupon here, after narrating this, thereupon the Prophet ﷺ said, he would be the most eminent amongst persons in regard to martyrdom in the eye of the Lord of the world. Fifth, the duration of his stay. The companions asked Allah's Messenger ﷺ, how long would he stay on earth? He said, 40 days, 40 days, one day like a year, and one day like a month, and one day like a week, and the rest of the days would be like your days. So they, the companions said, Allah's Messenger, would one day's prayer suffice for the prayers of day equal to one year? Here the Prophet ﷺ said in response, No, but you must make an estimate of time. You must make an estimate of time. And then observe prayer. Here, just contemplate this example. We need to take heed of this. Concerning the acceptance and belief of the companions, they didn't go about altering and interpreting and saying that the day could not be as long because the sun traverses its orbits and does not change. However, then it may be that it is because of the hardship it would seem long. No, they didn't say any of this. As people say in our times concerning many aspects of our deen but they submitted and they believed that this day will be 12 real months this is the reality of the believer submits and yields to that which the Prophet ﷺ informs him from the matters of the unseen Although 
his mind may be amazed or perplexed, but he knows that the news of Allah, the news from Allah and from his messenger, does not contain that which is impossible. Yes, it may contain that which is amazing and astonishing, which cannot be contemplated because of its magnitude being from the unseen. But if this hadith would pass by the contemporaries, the late ones, who think that they are intellectual and etc., then they will immediately go into metaphoric interpretation, saying this is a long day because of hardship. Saying that the days of delight are short and the days of hardship are long. However, the companions, because of their clarity and their uh, purity, Sallamu filhal, they submitted right away and said, Inna alladhi khalaqa al-shamsa wa ja'alaha tajri fi arba'in wa ashrina sa'a The one who created the sun and made it move in 24 hours time in the day and night is able to make it tajri fi al-yawm ithnay ashara shahran Make it move in 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 this in the single day in a single day of twelve months because the creator is one he is all able and that's why they submitted and they immediately said look what was their concern their, their concern was about how to make the prayers they didn't ask about the pre-decree, the universal pre-decree, because they know that Allah is all able to do whatever He wants, but rather they asked about al-amr al-shari'i they asked about the legal command which is dutiful upon them, the salah by Allah this is the reality of yielding and acceptance and submission So he said, said, estimate, estimate, make an estimate of time. You should take note of the time which generally exists between the different prayers, and then pray according to these timings. If you contemplate, you will find that the deen is complete, perfect, that there is no matter which is needed by people until the day of resurrection, except that there is a foundation for it in the deen. Just contemplate how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made the companions ask this question, so that the deen is perfected. And in our times, people need that now. As in the polar or close to the polar regions, where the night stays for six months, and the day stays for six months. The daylight and the night, the darkness, the darkness extends 
six months. The daylight extends six months. So we need this hadith. Allahu Akbar. Allah made them ask this question. And contemplate the fatwa which the Prophet ﷺ gave before, before this occurred, before the occurrence of these times. Like in the polar region. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in his book, أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَتِي As in Surah Al-Ma'idah, 5 verse 3. If we really contemplate this word, أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ I perfected for you your religion. There is nothing missing in this deen. It is perfect from all angles. But the defect is in us, either in our intellect or our understanding, or some intentions. Because there are some people who want to stand to give victory to their opinion, and thus they will be blinded from the truth. Nasallahu al-'Afiyah. But if we look with knowledge and understanding and good intention, we will come to the conclusion, the firm conclusion that the Deen, Wallahi al-Hamd, does not need anyone to complete it and to perfect it, and that there is no single matter, small or big one, or major, except. Minor or major, except that there is a solution for it in the book and in the sunnah. But because of too much following of lowly desires, people became blinded from the truth. And so you find them if there is an occurrence which... The like of it, in essence, did not occur, though its kind is known, you will find them differ into so many ways because of lowly desires. Had the intention been good and the understanding clear and with vast knowledge, this would not have, this would not come to occur. So we say to these people, in our times who live in the polar regions, estimate the six months of darkness, salah. Note that generally exists the timing exists which between the different prayers. And then pray according to these timings, whether in the six months of darkness or six months of daylight. But should the estimation of the timing of Salah be in accordance with the timing of Mecca, since 
Mecca is the mother of towns and the center of the earth as it is affirmed from a geological aspect or we say follow the medium timing of the equatorial where the day is 12 hours and the night is 12 or estimate in accordance with the nearest countries to you countries where there is day and there is night normally the closest opinion is to take by the closest countries to them where there is day and night normally so they will take by the time which generally exists between the different prayers in these close countries to them and do the estimate accordingly so now after the Christ the false Christ stays 40 days Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends Isa alayhi salam son of Maryam who will descend and he will descend at the white minaret in the eastern side of Damascus wearing two garments lightly dyed with saffron and placing his hands on the wings of two angels when he would lower his head there would fall beads of perspiration from his head and when he would raise it up beads like pearls would scatter from it every non-believer who would smell the odor of his self would die and his breath would reach as far as he would be able to see he alayhi salam <coughs> would then search for the Dajjal would search for the Dajjal until he would catch hold of him at the gate of Lud in Palestine and would kill him and he alayhi salatu wassalam Isa Jesus son of Mary will not accept from the people except Islam he will not accept the jizya, the tax and he will break the cross and kill the pig and spill the alcoholic drinks and none will be worshipped except Allah and accordingly this tax, the jizya ordained in Islam is timed it has an end and it ends with the descent of Isa alayhi salam and here this is not to be considered as a legislation from Isa from Jesus alayhi salam because the Prophet sallallahu informed about this 
approving it. Approving it. So lifting the jizya at the time of descent of Isa is from the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because the sunnah of the Prophet is by saying, by action and by approval. And the fact that he is informing with approval about what's going to be done at the time of Isa alayhi salam, this indicates that this is from his sunnah. So why we know that Isa alayhi salam will not bring any new legislation. And no one will bring any new legislation. For there can be no legislation except that of Muhammad alayhi salatu wasalam until the day of resurrection. This is concerning Ad-Dajjal Isa alayhi salam, Ad-Dajjal, the false Christ, and his encounter with Isa alayhi salam. And that Isa alayhi salam will kill him. And we seek refuge in Allah from his fitna, from the fitna of al-Masih al-Dajjal. Some of the people of knowledge had said that the messengers who warned against al-Masih al-Dajjal did not warn about him in essence. But rather they warned against his fitna as a kind. Meaning they warned from the liars. But this saying is weak. In fact, it is even a distortion. Because Rasul sallallahu <coughs> informed that no prophet except that he warned his nation or his people from Al-Masih al-Dajjal. And this is explicit that the prophets warned their people or their nations regarding al-Dajjal in essence. And we explained about the wisdom behind that earlier. However, we must know that the kind of these fitan exist with people other than the Dajjal. There exist amongst the children of Adam. Now, those who sway people by way of statements or by way of their status quo or conditions. And by every possible means they may have. And we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them, due to His wisdom, has given them eloquency of speech. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated, لِيَهْلِكَ مَنْ هَلَكَ عَنْ بَيِّنَ So that whoever is to be destroyed for the rejecting of faith might be destroyed after a clear evidence is presented. There is no doubt that the Al-Masih al-Dajjal himself is a great fitna, greater than any However, there are the Jajila, there are those who deceive and lie, and people should take guard against them and know what they intend. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warned regarding the hypocrites.
هم العدو فاحذرهم آية سورة المنافقون 63 verse 4 هم العدو فاحذرهم وإن يقولوا تسمع لقولهم كأنهم خشب مسندة they are the true enemies so take guard so beware of them may Allah curse them how are they denying or deviating from the right path وَيَقُولُوا تَسْمَعْ لِقَوْلِهِمْ and when they speak you listen to their words meaning because of their fluency and eloquency they drag you until you begin to listen to them كَأَنَّهُمْ خُشُبٌ مُسَنَّدَ as if they are blocks of wood propped up مُسَنَّدَ not standing erect on its own so there is no good in them those who beautify themselves to the people by way of speech and eloquency whether regarding matters of aqidah, creed or suluk, manners or methodology one should be aware and beware of them and their statements and their sayings be presented and checked against the Quran and the Sunnah so that whatever opposes them should be rejected regardless from whom it may come lest people will be deceived by these beautifications and don't say that these people have been given this eloquent speech and so forth in order to support the truth because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may test some by giving them eloquency of speech even though they may be on falsehood as Allah will test the people with by a Dajjal while he is bottle, there is no doubt that he is futile. The sixth angle is the Dajjal from the children of Adam. Yes, he is from the children of Adam. Some of the ulama say that he is shaitan, and some say that his father is human and his mother is jinn. All of these sayings are incorrect. Because he needs to eat and drink, and other than that, and because Isa salam will kill him normally, as humans may be killed. Some say he is shaitan, others say that his father is shaitan, is human, and his mother is jinn. But all of these are incorrect. The seventh angle. Does he exist now? Is he existing now? The answer is no. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would send him, will send him whenever he wishes. Why? Because the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
stated in the hadith reported by Al-Bukhari and Muslim and in Bukhari it's volume 1 hadith 116 where Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrated that once the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he was with us with the Sahaba and he led them in the Isha prayer during the last days of his life alayhi salatu wasalam and after finishing the salah the prayers he sallallahu alayhi wasallam said do you realize the importance of this night nobody present and this is the point of evidence nobody present on the surface of the earth tonight will be, will be living after the completion of 100 years from this night and this is information and the information and the news from the Prophet ﷺ is safe from any lying. And this is taken from the wahi. Because the Prophet ﷺ does not know this matter because this matter is from the unseen. This is concerning these seven angles regarding al-Masih al-Dajjal. We seek refuge in Allah from him and his fitan. So the believer seeks refuge in Allah from these four matters from the affliction in the grave and the affliction and tribulation of hell and from the afflictions of this life and of death and from the affliction of the false Christ is this an obligatory Matter, this isti'adha, seeking refuge in Allah, from these four things, is it obligatory after each tashahud? Two sayings. The first opinion, that it is wajib. That it is wajib. And this is one report from Imam Ahmed. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ commanded it. And secondly, because of the intensity and danger of this fitna, of this fitan. This is one opinion. This is one opinion. The second opinion is that it is a sunnah. That it is a sunnah. And this is the opinion of the majority of the scholars. This is the opinion of the majority of the scholars. And there is no doubt that one should not abandon it. Because if the person neglects that, then he is facing two types of dangers. First, sin. The second opinion is that it is a sunnah. The second opinion is that it is a sunnah. The second opinion is that it is a sunnah. And this is the opinion of the majority of the scholars. However, there is no doubt that one should not neglect it. Because he would face two dangers. Sin. Second, 
that his salah may not be accepted. And that's why some of the Salaf, like Tawus, <coughs> Rahimahullah, used to command to redo the Salah if one does not seek refuge in Allah from these four matters. And it's reported that Tawus Rahimahullah said to his son said to his son Tawus said to his son Ad'auta biha fi salatik did you invoke Allah concerning these matters in your salah? His son said no. Tawus told him, A'id salatak, redo your salah. Because, Imam Muslim said, because Tawus related it from three or four. So this is some <coughs> of the sayings of the Salaf regarding this. We'll stop here, inshallah ta'ala, and we continue as to what's to be done after tashahud as well from dua. Walhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. This concludes the explanation of this important dua seeking refuge in Allah from the afflictions of the grave, of hellfire, of this life and of the and of death, and from Al Masih al Dajjal, the false Christ. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from these fitan and from all other fitans. والحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم